good afternoon, great family and friends. We are preparing for the celebration of a life well lived by beautiful, beautiful women. A beautiful mother, amen. Miss Lillian, amen, amen, amen. But before we get started, we just want to remind you of our uh, safety protocols. Please remain seated in the seats that you have been given by the ushers. Please follow their directions. They will lead you and make sure that you are safe. Please, to the best of your ability, please keep your mask over your face and over your nose. And I think that we will be all settled and ready to have a wonderful worship and celebration. Amen. Amen. to worship would everyone stand except the family I was glad when they said unto me let us go into the house of the Lord because in the house of the Lord I can find comfort in the house of the Lord even today I can find love even today I can find everything that I need so we have come here to celebrate the life of a woman and a life well lived, Miss Lillian Louise Brewer. We've come to celebrate her life, to support her family, amen. Can we do that? Can you put your hands together? Can we do that? We can support them like none other, amen, amen. She was a great mother, grandmother, and certainly a great member of a disciple of St. Paul Baptist Church. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we have come to humbly honor you in your holy and righteous name. Lord, you are the maker of all things. So God, make this moment a testament of the life of Miss Lillian Louise Brewer. Make this day and time a time that honors you and comforts her family, this waiting congregation of family and friends. Holy Spirit, come, touch each one with loving arms. Give the preacher the words to say, give the minister the scriptures to read, and God, let us celebrate this wonderful, beautiful woman. And it is in your name that we do pray. We give you all the honor and all the glory. Can you join me in an amen? Amen. Everyone, you may have your seats. We're going to continue with our opening hymn when we all get to heaven. We want to do that, don't we? You know the song, you know the words. I want you to sing it loudly.
Jesus will sing and shout for victory while we walk this pilgrim pathway clouds will over spread the sky but when traveling days are over not a shadow not a sign when we Trusting, serving every day Just one glimpse of Him in glory Will the toils of life repay When we all get to heaven What a day of rejoicing that will be When we all see Jesus sing and shout victory onward to the prize before us soon his beauty we'll behold soon the pearly gates will open we'll shout tread the streets of gold when we all get to heaven what a day Testament reading will come from Psalm 121 and it will be read in its entirety. It reads, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Our New Testament reading will come from John 14 verses 1 through six. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, 
there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to me, no one comes to the Father except through me. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's go to God in prayer. Oh God, we come before you this morning to just say thank you. God, we thank you for the life of Miss Brewer. God, thank you for the life that you allowed her to live. And God, we come into this place right now to to celebrate her life. But even more, God, we come to praise your holy name. We come to worship you, God. We come to magnify you because you're the God of our lives. Oh, God, we thank you for using your servant, Miss Brewer, for how she operated here at St. Paul. God, thank you for allowing your servant to just be on this earth. So, God, we come to lift up your holy name because, God, you're all powerful. And, God, I pray that you comfort this family, oh, God. As they're grieving, God, let them know that when they're grieving, as they're lamenting, God, you're with them. God, wrap your loving arms around them. Allow them to feel your presence. God, surround them with those who will check in on them, who will care for them, who will show them that they're concerned about their well-being. Oh, God, just show this family that you're still with them. Show them that, God, you still reign. Show them that, God, you are able to heal their hurt and pain. All that they're feeling this morning, God, touch them. Just allow them to feel your glory, God. Continue to be with them. Be present in their lives, God. And God, we just thank you for the life of Miss Brewer. Thank you for all of those who she have touched. We thank you, oh God. It is in your name that we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
about Miss Louise and uh, just a moment you know what I started thinking about this moment and started thinking about Miss Brewer because I've known her since I've been at St. Paul and you know when I would come to church or I would come to uh, uh, the pastor was going to be somewhere she would always be there and so I always knew that it was going to be all right. 
because Miss Brewer was already there before I got there. It was going to be all right. She was going to be sitting right there in that hymn choir. She was going to be making her way and pressing her way and following the Lord. It is my prayer that we will all be able to say that same story about ourselves when we are coming to our end. She was something. I knew that everything was going to be all right. Amen. Amen. We want to have the, the real tributes, and I pardon me, but we want to have the real tributes, and they are coming from Miss Deacon Patricia Chambers and Cheryl Knowles. We appreciate you. If you will come in that order, your mics are to my right and to your left. And uh, just take your time and, and say what you need to say about this wonderful blessed woman of God. Is it on? Can y'all hear me? To God be the glory for all the great things he has done. To God be the glory for Miss Louise Brewer. My name is Patricia Chambers. I'm a longtime disciple of St. Paul Baptist Church, as was Miss Brewer. How I came to know her, Miss Brewer was assigned to our deacon's family ministry, Judah 1. As a deacon, we are responsible for administering communion on the first Sunday for the sick and shut-in. The first time my husband and I went to her home, I remembered how excited she were was that we were there. She gave us a warm welcome, and you knew she was genuine. She also welcomed us to come back at any time. That's where our relationship started. I would stop by periodically to see how she was doing and just to say hello. I could tell that she was genuinely glad I was there. Sometimes I would just stop by unannounced and um, she would make her way to the door even if she would, didn't feel like it. But she would all, I could always tell that she was glad I was there. As we interacted over the years, I realized how independent Miss Brewer was because when we, she was living alone at 90 years old, so that shows you that she was independent. When we would get ready to go to the doctor or to the store or somewhere, um, while I was putting her cart in the trunk, when I would turn around, she would already, already be in the car. I said, Miss Brewer, Am I moving that slow? Are you moving that fast? And um, she was just a joy to be around. And when you would go to her home, she let me know that when her health, before her health challenges came, that her house was impeccable. You couldn't beat her as a housekeeper. And you could tell, even when her health was failing, her dishes would not be in the sink. They would be clean. And she hated an unmade bed. And her bed would be made up. So um, as our relationship continued, 
um, when I would go and take her to the doctor or wherever we were going, she was always on time. She would be sitting there waiting with her hat, her pocketbook, and her walker ready to go. That showed you how she took other people's time serious. She was very considerate. She was prompt. She, she just valued the time of others, and you could tell by how she interacted with you. She would always be so gracious and thankful that you were just there to, to assist her. So that, that's what drew me to her. And I think the most important part of her life, that she loved God and she loved Jesus. And as I, I reflect on her spiritual walk, in, in her early years, I learned that she opened her home to home, the homeless, to the sick, to the destitute. And she fulfilled that scripture of Matthew 25, 34 through 36, where it says, then the king will say to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. So that's, she fulfilled that scripture in her life. One day, as we were traveling somewhere to doctor or somewhere, um, we passed by Tent City, and that just broke her heart to see all those people out there with no home. And when I came back later, she said, you know what? I was thinking about this. Here I have this home with all this room, and someone could live here. But, you know, with her being 90 years old, that probably wouldn't have been a good idea. She loved her church family, St. Paul Baptist Church. She would tell me about someone from the church bringing her turkey necks, someone coming over and cleaning for her, someone stopping with a catfish plate, someone bringing her ice cream, someone coming over and trimming her bushes. And as time passed, Miss Brewer started coming to church. She would sit right there in that area. And she came with the assistance of some of the disciples in our Judah tribe. Then COVID came. The isolation began. And that's when I would stop by occasionally to see if she would need anything. Miss Brewer loved her family. Demetrius and Kyle, when you didn't do anything, I would do it for. I know she, you wouldn't do it in her timeline, but she, she would come to me and she would ask me to do it. But she never said an unkind word about any of the family members. So that shows you her commitment to her family. I was blessed to have her in my life. And I will be forever grateful for the relationship. Thank you.
Hello, I'm Cheryl Knowles. Um, my grandmother uh, was born December the 6th. Uh, she ascended November the 28th. Um, that was 3,000, actually it was 3,410 days that she lived. That's about 94 times around the sun. My grandmother, for me, was not a typical grandmother. She didn't cook. <laughs> she wasn't a real hugger. Uh, no knitting kind of grandma. Um, I used to actually get angry, and I never understood why our relationship wasn't better, why we just kind of didn't have a consistent relationship. But after doing some research um, with my aunt, Willie, I learned that her mother passed away when she was about three. So I had a little bit more compassion because I thought, what would I be like if I lost my mother at three? If I never remembered her voice, if I never remembered her touch. And it, it, it just brought me to a place of understanding of maybe why she wasn't as compassionate to us as we would have liked or would have thought. But never having a mother's love how could you give what you never had? So my father, James Knowles, who has also passed, they had, it, it was, their relationship was, for me, it was unmatched and admirable. But it was, it was very loving and it was, I believe that her children was her blessing to make up for what she lost. That was the love that she gained. You know, that, that's an infinite love when you have children. You know, my grandmother loved all of us, I feel, the way she could. It may have been a little different than some grandmas, but it was the best she knew how. My grandmother was impossible impossible to read, impossible to be around for a long time, impossible to please most of the time. But because of her, my Auntie Willie and my dad and my Auntie Irma and Dee Dee and Kyle and Willie, and I'm possible. Praise the Lord. God is still sovereign, is he not? Brothers and sisters, it's good to see all of you in spite of and yet because of 
God is still God. And uh, Sister Pat uh, and Brother Nate, yes, uh, Sister Brewer sent Jacqueline and I on some of those uh, impossible missions as well, particularly when she needed some buttermilk. And I didn't realize how many stores in Charlotte did not carry buttermilk. <laughs> and so Jacqueline and I, one Sunday, went running all over Charlotte just to find some buttermilk. But we found it. And she got her buttermilk. And uh, we've also made some KFC runs <laughs> to, get her, to get her chicken. But uh, Sister Louise Brewer was a beautiful woman. She had strong hands and a caring heart. And she loved so many people. She had a great sense of humor and loved to laugh with that, I called it, uh, happy eyes. When you see her, and you can see it in the pictures, she had those dancing eyes. They, they were happy all the time. And I, as I would tease her, she had those Santa Claus cheeks, those little fat cheeks, when she smiled with that deep uh, laugh. And we're going to miss her. All of us are going to miss her dearly. There are three things to note about the life and legacy of Sister Brewer. One is that she did have, as was mentioned earlier, a love affair with God. And not only a love affair with God, but she thoroughly enjoyed studying him and studying about him and learning as much as she could. So here it is, the lesson for us is even at 90 plus years old, you're never too old to learn about God and to spend time studying him and studying about him. It was her love for Jesus Christ that drew so many people to her. It was like that beacon. You could feel that, that beacon in her life that drew so many of us. You couldn't help but to love her. Second thing is she served the Lord all the days of her life, as has been mentioned. She was a constant figure around St. Paul, in the hymn choir, mission work, ministry work here at the church. She was constantly here, day or night. There was no particular day or event where you wouldn't look and all of a sudden you see that Toyota Camry pulling up on the campus of St. Paul. And not only was she there, but her road dog, as I called her, Miss Dorothy Austin, would be there with her. And one particular Sunday, I had to call them out because she was driving one-handed, and I think she was speeding a little bit. <laughs> so, but it wasn't, it wasn't unusual to see the two of them together, and it was such a wonderful sight to see. The third thing about her is that she loved her community and people. And that's been noted already from the article published in the Charlotte Observer, to all of those who knew her from the homes or houses that she purchased so that people would have a place to live and a place to get a warm meal. I mean, she was talking about community engagement and community revitalization before it was fashionable. Ms. Brewer was doing those things, and thank God for her and thank God for her outreach. So many people were blessed, and so many people had a chance to make it just one more day because of her. So her living was definitely not in vain. The third thing about her, or she also helped. So many people just get a foot up, if you would. Sister Pat has mentioned that she has an impeccable house, but she also had a beautiful yard. With her plants and her flowers, you couldn't go by and she wouldn't give you advice. She gave Jacqueline and I so many advice about how to plant this and how to grow this, and she'd break off a piece of this for us to carry home and in our yard, but we couldn't do it as well as she could do it. There is uh, an old African proverb that says, when an old woman dies, a library burns to the ground. 
when an old woman dies, a library burns to the ground. And St. Paul Baptist Church, we have been so blessed to her family. We have been so blessed to have known her, to have had the opportunity to spend time with her. And we are so thankful that she opened up the books of her heart so that we could all browse and read through them and experience the life that God has given her. And so I know that she and Sister Dorothy Austin are right now up in heaven driving around, perhaps leaning a little bit, and speeding. But we're so thankful to you for lending her to us, for allowing us to enjoy her spirit and her presence. God bless you. God continue to smile upon you, and may you experience the comfort of his joy. God bless you. Amen, church. I wonder if you can put your hands together for this. Is there another? Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. All right. Okay, giving honor to God and to the pastor of this church. My name is Gina. I'm from Chicago. Aunt Louise was Aunt Louise to me. Very sweet, very beautiful. And when people used to tell me that I looked like her, I was so proud because I knew I was beautiful. But the sweet thing that I do remember about my auntie, um, her dad, my dad and her was the only two siblings. And I think someone said earlier, uh, the, uh, her mom died when my father was like three days old. And the closeness that they had, um, we felt that because Aunt Louise was in Chicago before she came here. So we got the first part of her and you all got the second part. And when I talked to her on the phone and she speak about her church members, she always spoke good about you guys coming by, stopping by, seeing her bringing her food, and I appreciate that. And the one thing I do remember is like when my father went to the hospital, just the sound of her sweet voice made my father better. Uh, she couldn't come to Chicago because she wasn't well enough. But she said, let me talk to him. And she talked to my dad on the phone, and true story, when the doctor came back around, my father told him, I'm ready to go home. He had talked to his sister, and his sister told me that everything was going to be okay. And talking to my cousin, Demetrius, when um, she was telling me about Aunt Louise's home, uh, that everything in her house was going to heaven with her because she prayed over everything and everybody. And I know everybody have their different stories about her, but I will always remember the sweet part about her. Uh, when she was in Chicago with me, when she came back to visit me, I made sure I was the one who went to the airport to pick her up. And I will always love her. Thank you. Amen. I want to thank everyone that spoke about Miss Brewer, Miss Louise Brewer today. God bless you for painting that picture. We are so appreciative. And then sometimes in our busyness, the one thing I believe about a homegoing ceremony and a funeral is that we always have time for the story. 
Amen. We always have time for the story. So thank you for telling the stories and painting that beautiful picture. I'm appreciative of uh, Deacons uh, Patricia Chambers and uh, Deacon Anthony Brown and Cheryl Knowles and the niece. I am appreciative of all of the everything that you said. Aren't we appreciative of what they've said about Miss Miss Brewer? Can we put our hands together? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for that. As we continue, I want to make a few acknowledgments on behalf of the family. We want to thank Minister Eric Edwards for leading us in our scripture readings and that powerful prayer of comfort. We want to also thank Miss Evelyn Porche and for this beautiful songstress that she is in singing these wonderful hymns at this time. We also want to acknowledge everyone that has been a help and a prayer and blessing to this family during this time and even coming up toward this moment. Uh, we, the family uh, wants you to know that they are appreciative of every card, of every plant, every flower, and they will thank you in a more concrete way uh, soon. But they want to let you know now that your, your kindness to them is not forgotten. It is absolutely incredible and it is absolutely appreciated and they will thank you in another way at another time. But one of the things that I want to ask is that if we could remember this day, but also remember this family in the weeks to come, can we agree that we'll put them on our prayer list? Amen. That we'll think about them and that when we think about them, we'll give them a call. Amen. We'll check on them and make sure that they're going to make it through this holiday well. We'll think about them when the new year comes around and when birthdays come around and special days come around. Let us help this family continue in their comfort and in their suffering as they, as they transition from this moment uh, to, to more pleasant moments in the future. Let us pray, agree that we will help them make it over because we're family. Amen. And we're family, and that's what family will do. We're going to continue in our worship. I don't think I got an amen. Can I get an amen? Amen. All right. Thank you so much. We're going to continue in our worship with the selection again by Miss Evelyn Porche. Then we'll be followed by the eulogy by Reverend Dr. Monica Redman. throne 
better than that. God has promised us a home over there. Aren't you glad about it? Aren't you glad about it? We're living each and every day because he's promised us a home over there. 
to God we give the glory. Would you bow your heads for just a moment and pray with me? Father, it's in the name of Jesus Christ that we come before you. And Lord, we come before you just to, first of all, say thank you. Thank you, Father, for who you are. And thank you, oh God, for how you have been with us all day long. Thank you. Thank you, Father, because you touched us this morning with your finger of love and you woke us up. And God, we realized that we still could see and we realized that our fingers could still move, our, our legs could still move, and God, that we could still see, God, how grateful we were when we got up this morning. God, this is your day. We honor you. We honor you, God, because you made today. Oh, God, you made today. Thank you for that. Thank you for this wonderful worship experience we are having right now. Thank you right now, God, for the life of this great mama, grandmama, friend, auntie. God, thank you. Thank you for Sister Louise Brewer. Thank you for her life and thank you for how her life has impacted our lives. God, we honor you right now because we know that something is going to be said today that's going to help somebody. God, breathe your anointing power through this room and help your preacher to preach right now. God, I'm going to sit down as you stand up. God, I want you to get the glory. Get the glory out of everything that is said and done today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, if you love God, I dare you to put your, your hands together. Come on, I dare you. I dare you all over this place. Put your hands together signifying that you love the Lord today. We honor our pastor today, Dr. Robert C. Scott, um, in his absence, um, the leader of this church. And God, we want to thank the Lord for Reverend Brenda Richardson, our worship leader. Would you help me thank the Lord for her and a wonderful, excellent job she has done as a worship leader. And keep those hands together for Minister Eric Edwards, who has done a wonderful job. And, and you know what? We cannot not stop clapping if we don't keep our hands together for Sister Evelyn Porsche. Oh, come on. Come on and keep those hands together. Oh, thank God for her. And, and then we have Schroeder here on the piano, as I call him. Um, Brother Scott Gibson, would you put your hands together for him? To God, we give the glory for him. And, um, and we're just grateful today and honored today. And we thank God for this family. And I want to say to um, you, family, thank you. Thank you so much. And I've said that to some of you for giving me this opportunity to share a few words on behalf of one of the golden girls. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. You don't know how excited I am about this opportunity when um, the family asked that I would share today, I could not help but think of Dr. Gregory Keith Moss, Sr., who is the pastor of this church. And he is the one that affectionately calls um, Mrs. Brewer and her road dogs, the Golden Girls. <laughs> Amen. And um, so I'm thankful, I'm thankful, I'm thankful 
I'm thankful to be here and I just ask for your prayers that something be said today that will be a blessing to all of you. Listen, I, I really wouldn't take anything away from the grief that you feel today. I know that all of us are grieving in our own way. And so I wouldn't take anything away from that. Um, I know that it hurts. And um, I know it's not all right. Um, and we know that you will hurt for a long time. And I understand the process of grieving, having lost in my own life. So I understand that it's not an overnight <laughs> process. That it's, and it is a process that we all must go through. And, um, and I um, hear the amens from my brothers and my sisters who are in the room who all have experienced loss themselves. So I just want this family to know that God made us so that we can feel the pain of grief. He made us so that we can have a relationship with him and also a relationship with one another. That's what I love about God. That if we have that vertical relationship with him, then it's that relationship that orders that horizontal relationship that we have with one another. To God we give the glory. That if we stay on our knees and we, we really talk to God, then God will then begin to talk to us and show us how to talk and love one another. Isn't that not the truth today? Um, it's that relationship that you have with God that then defines your relationship with other people. To God, we give the glory for that. I'm thankful for God being in my life, and I'm thankful that God has given me the opportunity to share love with other people. Amen? Amen. So what I want to say, family, that even though um, we're here and we're here in the church, I want you to grieve, okay? It's okay to grieve. Don't let anybody tell you that you have six days to grieve. In six months, you ought to be all over it. Listen, you grieve as long as you need to grieve because God gave us that opportunity to do that. And I say that to you, and while I say that, there is a word that I believe that God has given us for today, that I, I believe that will help us. And if you have your Bibles, um, if you have your iPads, your phones, um, we'll be reading from Philippians. Philippians chapter 4. And I believe we can anchor right there um, for some comfort from the Lord. In those verses, starting with verse 6, it says, Don't worry about anything. But in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses every thought, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Is that what your Bible says? Amen. That's what my Bible says. The peace of God, which surpasses every thought, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so I thought I would use as a 
title or a subject today for our conversation because that's what we're having is a conversation today. I want to talk about giving thanks for our golden girl. Oh, come on, giving thanks for our golden girl. Come on, put those glad hands together because that's what we want to talk about. We want to talk about giving thanks for our golden girl. Now listen, let me be honest with you today. Reading and teaching and preaching the scripture is relatively easy. But I want you to know it is the application of scripture that is hard. Oh, listen. When death has broken our family ties, the application of scripture is not so easy. I'm being honest here. When, when Paul wrote to the Philippians from a prison cell, he told the Philippians not to worry about anything and to pray with thanksgiving. Hallelujah. But how in the world can we pray with thanksgiving today when our loved one, Sister Louise Brewer, has died? How, how can we be thankful I know some of you are saying that, look, she was 94 years old and she lived a good life. But don't you know that doesn't take away the fact <laughs> that your life has been impacted by this loss. Amen. It's been impacted in some way or another. She was your mama. She was your grandma. She was your aunt. She was your friend. Today is difficult because Sister Louise Brewer has transitioned. You are hurt, you are saddened, yet family, I believe that there are some things that we can be thankful for even on a day like today. Oh, I read the passage for you and um, I want you to know, first of all, we can be thankful for memories. Amen. Can we be thankful about that? Man was created in the image of God. That means that mankind has intelligence, emotions, and a will. But in addition to those qualities, we can also retrieve experiences from our minds. Now, isn't that a wonderful thing to be able to retrieve memories? To be able to retrieve some good times? To be able to retrieve some, even some bad times? I have often told families who have lost a loved one that funerals are bittersweet experiences. Bitter because they have lost a loved one. Sweet because it draws families together to share stories and memories. Amen. You know what? As I talk about that, I, I have my own beautiful memory of Sister Louise Brewer. <laughs> I recall one time, you all know that Dr. Gregory P. Moss was a senior pastor here, and I remember one time, he's now our pastor emeritus, but he called me and he said, and I'm going to talk in um, my Gregory P. Moss voice, and he said, I want you to call Sister Louise Brewer. <laughs> call Sister Dorothy Austin. Call Sister Rachel Harris, and call Sister Shirley Haley. He said, these are the golden girls. <laughs> Lord have mercy. You know, I watch golden girls all the time on TV, but I didn't know that we had golden girls right here at St. Paul. But he said, call them. 
He said, call him. He said, and tell him that I want to take him out to lunch. And I want you to know that when I called each and every one of them, they were so excited because Dr. Moss wanted to take them to lunch. Sister Brewer was excited. She said, really? He want to he wanna take us to lunch? I said, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And so on the day that we were going to lunch, I don't remember exactly where we were going. I know it was a soul food restaurant. He picked up two and I picked up two. Oh, yes. We picked up the Golden Girls because we wanted to go to lunch. Isn't that some good news? <laughs> Look, I want you to know that that's my memory. My memory is the day that I had lunch with the Golden Girls. Oh my God, I remember so much. I remember that day. I remember we giggled and we talked, we ate and we talked. Pastor Moss told stories and we laughed and we just had a good time. Family, that's one of my memories. But I know you have your own memories. We all, all over this building, we have our own memories. And I want to encourage you as a family to get together and to share your stories, share your memories, because that's going to help you in the days and in the weeks and in the months to come. So family, getting together and reminiscing about Sister Brewer is a good thing. Get together and reminisce about those times on a Sunday. Maybe when you gather as a family. I want you to remember that. I know it's difficult now for families to get together and eat together and fellowship with one another. But I suggest that you use some new traditions. Okay? So, so you know, it's not that you have to get together and eat together. I'm saying to you to stay connected to one another. And you can do that by calling one another. You can do that by having a teleconference call. I'm saying to you that it is important to keep the family tradition alive. That will honor Sister Brewer. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? I want you to keep the family circle. Keep on reaching out to one another. Keep on checking on one another. I implore you. To keep the family tradition and maintain the family circle. Is that not some good news? Is it not important? You want to keep the family together. I don't care how you do it. Go to Facebook Live. You can do telephone conferencing. I don't care. But keep in touch with one another. And share the stories of your mama, your grandmama. Now listen, there are times... On those calls, you'll be weeping, and then there'll be times that you'll be laughing. I want you to know that that is good, because that is part of the grieving process. Because God has given us the ability to remember we can be thankful. Amen? Remember, Mama. Remember, Grandmama. Remember, Auntie. Remember your friend. Remember the good times. Remember even the bad times. Just remember and be thankful. But second of all, we can be thankful for relationships. God has created two institutions in this world, and both are dependent upon relationships. The first institution God created was the family. It started in Genesis chapter 2 when God said, It is not good for man to be alone. 
It's never been good for people to be alone. We have always needed relationships. We have always needed one another. Now listen, I know folks who think that they don't need anybody. I am the master of being an introvert. But I came to tell you today that we need one another. We need people in our lives. So let's be thankful for people that we can call on just because. Be thankful for people that will call on you to check on you, to check on you to see how you're doing. Be thankful. Family, I want you to know that this place right here called the St. Paul Baptist Church is a place of people that you can call on. Amen. Am I right, anybody? Any saints in here? You can call on us. You see, the second institution God created was the church. He created the family first, but he also created the church. It, too, is an institution based on relationships. When we have a relationship with Christ, other relationships change. When we have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ, other relationships are affected. Help me, Jesus. Christ becomes our savior. God becomes our father and other Christians become our brothers and our sisters. We become a spiritual family. I came to tell somebody that relationships are important. Oh, I'm so thankful for the relationships right here at St. Paul Baptist Church. We are here today because of your relationship with Sister Brewer. Some of you are relatives by birth and some by marriage. Some of you are friends. Many of you have known Sister Brewer for a long time. Relationships matter. Oh, God. Can I, can I help somebody? Relationships matter. Oh, come on. You need somebody. Oh, take those walls down. Let the walls down and open up your heart and allow people to come in. Because relationships are important. Oh my God, that's why Sister Brewer, she had the other golden girls. She had people all around her because she understood the value of relationship. Oh, hallelujah, somebody. I need you and you need me because we are all a part of God's body. I wish some of us would stop acting like we don't need anybody because the truth of the matter is we all need somebody. Oh, come on. I need you and you need me. We're all a part of God's body. Oh, hallelujah. I'm so thankful. Oh God, hallelujah. But you know what? This is the last thing I want to leave with you. We can be thankful for relationships. We can be thankful as well for eternal life. In Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Did I say that? We can be thankful for eternal life in Jesus Christ. And I know that that's what Grandmama Brewer would want me to say to her grandchildren. And she would want me to say to her children that you really need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. She will want you to come to the realization that you may have a boyfriend, you may have a girlfriend, but you really need a relationship with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Can I get any help right there? Because that relationship with Jesus Christ, it is going to define your relationship with other people. Oh my goodness.
relationship with Jesus Christ. Does anybody know what I'm talking about today? Hey, one of the best known scriptures in the Bible is John 3, 16. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Oh, come on. I'm in the Bible. That's what my Bible says. Is that what your Bible says? Hey, hallelujah. I don't care what other relationship you have. You got to have this relationship. This relationship is more important than any other relationship you have in your life. For God so loved the world. This passage of scripture speaks of eternal life in Jesus Christ. If we believe in Christ, he has promised us everlasting life. Oh, I know I'm in the book. Isn't that something to be thankful for? <laughs> That's something to be thankful for. See, people like to thank God for the bread. We want to thank God for the meat. Oh, thank God for a bed to sleep in. But listen here, my brothers and my sisters, you need to really thank God for eternal life. If you don't thank him for anything else, you need to thank him for a relationship with Jesus Christ. You need to thank him for everlasting life. That's something to be thankful for. I really don't know much about heaven. I only know what the Bible reveals to me. You see, I am a creature of this world just as you are. But I heard a story this week that gives some insight into eternal life. Oh, this story is about a man who was sitting in a boat this man was enjoying a quiet afternoon. The boat was drifting and the little craft drifted to where the lake was only about four inches deep. There in a world of mud were some water beetles. Y'all ever heard of water beetles? But in the mud were some water beetles and one crawled up on a log and stuck the talons of his legs into the wood and it seemed to die. The man let it alone and continued enjoying the afternoon quiet. The sun was hot, but in a short time, the man looked at the water beetle again. The beetle was parched. His back was cracking open. The man watched the beetle, and out of the back of that lifeless beetle shell crawled a new form of life. Oh, help me here. You begin to see a moist head, and then you saw the wings. A most beautiful dragonfly came out of that dried-up shell. In the sunlight, the dragonfly shone with all the colors of the rainbow. Within a few minutes, that dragonfly began to fly. It flew farther in a second than the water beetle had crawled in days. It hovered above the surface of the water just a few inches from the water beetles beneath. The water beetles did not know it was there. They did not know how much it had changed. And I want to ask you this question. If God does that for a water beetle in this world, I can only imagine what God will do for us in eternity. Oh, you ought to put your glad hands together. Oh, if God would take care of the water beetle in this world, what can God do for us in eternity? Just the other day, Sister Louise Brewer closed her eyes 
and God gave her a new body. Oh my God, a body without sickness, a body without pain. That, my brothers and my sisters, is something to be thankful for. Oh, I want, hallelujah, you to think about that. But I want to close with John 14, verses 1 through 6. It says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. And how can we know the way? Jesus closed it up by saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Hallelujah. If we believe in Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters, we can be thankful for eternal life. Oh, come on and put those glad hands together. I said, if we believe... If we believe in Jesus Christ, that we've accepted him into our heart, we can be thankful for eternal life. Why don't you put your hands together? Put your hands together. God is so good to us. Father, it's in the name of Jesus Christ that we come before you and we say thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the life of Sister Louise Brewer. Thank you, oh God, for this golden girl. Thank you, God, for welcoming her into your kingdom. We thank you, oh God, that her life has meant a lot to all of us. And we pray, Father, now in the name of Jesus, that as we leave this place and we go over to the cemetery, that God, you will get the glory out of everything that has been said and everything that has been done. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, put those hands together. Camera directors come. Family, if you will remain seated. If we have um, our, our um, flower, you'll meet here, and they will help you there. And if we have pallbearers, meet there. These services will continue at Beattysport Memorial Garden. The ministers are going to come down and I'm going to lead the family out. And we will get jump into our cars and we will go over to Beattysport Memorial Garden. If you are going with us, I say get behind the family car. 
and let's go together.